It's Ariel Hawani, and I wanted to let you know that each and every week, I'm part of a great program called The Ringer MMA Show. I host it alongside two absolutely brilliant minds. Their names, Chuck Mendenhall and Pete Carroll. And every Thursday, a new episode drops where we preview the weekend in mixed martial arts and react to all the biggest news. Plus, after every UFC pay-per-view, we give you a post-fight show. So this is what you have to do. Just follow the Ringer MMA show on your Spotify app so you don't miss an episode. We'll talk to you then. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is a special Saturday Twitter Spaces from the New York, New York Ringer Podcast Network. Extraordinary feed. I'm a beaten man. Penn State definitely kicked my ass. Definitely whooped me on Friday night. And you know who else got whooped? I guess that's the team of the weekend. Because as we sit here on Saturday night, a little after 7 o'clock Eastern, what an absolute no-show of a performance by the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, They basically look like me. Uh, stumbling around Penn State yesterday after trying to hang with the college kids. 105-86, and let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the game was never close. It was never, ever close. Like, there was an illusion maybe in the second quarter where it felt like, okay, the Knicks should be down 25 points. They're only down 14. They're only down 10. They're only down 12. Whatever it was, Miami toyed with them the entire game. Miami was the more aggressive team. Miami was the far more physical team. Miami was able to get the looks they wanted throughout the entire duration of the game. And the crazy thing about this Nick performance that should really have you alarmed, that should really have you concerned, Miami has been feasting on shooting the three-point shot. That has been their MO. That is what has made them a very successful offense here in this postseason. Miami didn't shoot it great today. They shot 22% from three. They were seven at 32. But what they were able to do is get to the free throw line. They were 28 of 31 from the charity stripe. And they attacked the basket. And they were far more efficient and just far more productive and explosive 
than what the New York Knickerbockers were. They get the return of Jimmy Butler. He was terrific. Adebayo thoroughly outplayed Julius Randle. And what you're noticing in this series, and this is a terrible, terrible sign for the Knicks. Let's call it what it is. The fact that you're in a position where the Miami Heat role players are thoroughly outplaying the New York Knickerbocker role players, that's a monster, monster problem. I mean, Miami gets contributions from somebody different every game. This wasn't the Gabe Vincent game, but guess what? It was going to be the Max Struess game. He gives you 19. Kyle Lowry, this, this is the best Kyle Lowry has looked all year in this series against the Knickerbockers. And listen, I know a lot of people want to get on Tom Thibodeau. And a lot of people want to roast Tibbs for the idea that, oh, Eric Spolster is putting on a coaching clinic. Eric Spolster is putting his guys in a better position to run better offensive sets. That may be true. There may be something to that. But here's what I also know. The Knicks have nobody that could shoot the ball effectively. Who's shooting the ball for the Knicks? If you're going to tell me Emmanuel quickly is a non-factor, and let's be honest, he's been a non-factor. This is the best he's played, and he gets hurt at the end of this game. Uh, quickly is 2 of 8 from 3 and 4 of 12 from the field. Who's hitting the outside shot? Brunson was 0 of 5. Randall is 0 of 5. Hart's going to hit a couple. Barrett is going to hit a couple. But, like, they're not great three-point shooters. So the Knicks don't have the firepower from beyond the three-point arc. Therefore, they can't afford Julius Randle going 4-15, giving you 10 points, and having five free throws. They can't afford Jalen Brunson having inefficient kind of nights. They just can't. And if that is going to be what you get out of those two big players, the Knicks are not winning this series. It boils down to Monday as far as I'm concerned. We're going to be in the building. I'm very fired up. I'm literally driving back from State College, getting on a flight out of Newark, and getting right down to Miami. We'll be down there Monday night, and we'll be rocking after game number four. But Nick best players don't show up. We don't got anything to discuss. This is going to be a swift, easy, ho-hum, matter-of-fact type of series. And Miami was toying with the Knicks today. They were toying with the Knicks. Jimmy Butler was toying with them. You could see there was a little extra smugness. There was a little extra... Getting this out of the Miami Heat. Listen, the game was over three minutes into the game. Knicks fell behind by double digits. You felt like the game was over. And this is the NBA where, let's be honest, games are never over. They're never, ever over. So, brutal no-show for the Knicks as they lose 105-86. to And they want to win this series. They have to win game number four. I'm telling you right now, the Knicks will not go and win three consecutive games in the series. Miami will not allow that to happen. Knicks are going to have to find a way to get this back to the Garden at two games apiece. And if they play anywhere close to what they did here today, then we don't have much to discuss because this series will be over and done with and we'll be on uh, to the mediocre baseball teams in our life. I have a couple of quick thoughts on that. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, before we get to some calls, Gallant gone for the Rangers. I'm not stunned. And I'm not going to pretend that I have the insider info and the insider sources to why exactly this went down. But kind of seems to me like the Rangers need a fall guy. They need a fall guy for the fact that their team that made big trades at the deadline, that was in the Eastern Conference Finals just a year ago, gets bounced in the first round by a devil team that, oh, by the way, is getting absolutely throttled and absolutely smoked by the Carolina Hurricanes. They need a fall guy. 
And Chris Drew's not going anywhere. The Rangers are in a position where they're not in a great salary cap space. They're obviously not picking at the top of the draft. This team, it's going to be very interesting to see how creatively they can try and get better. They think maybe the head coach is a way to do so. I applaud the Rangers for trying to push the envelope and realizing that this season was not good enough, but how much of a difference will a coaching change make? I guess we'll find out come next year. Because Gerard Gallant's first year was really, really good from a Rangers perspective. I mean, he had the team in the Easter Conference Finals. Nobody was complaining. And then you look at, at this past year, and it's a disappointment. It's absolutely a disappointment. So, not ideal for the Gordon teams to have the Knicks now down two games to one and the Rangers in a position where they're looking for a new head coach. So, rough weekend. Baseball teams. At least the Yankees got a win today. I'll tell you, Hamilton looked good. Hamilton looked really, really good in that ninth inning. Maybe the Yankees have something. Maybe they have something in the bullpen. And they have quality relievers. It's just the idea of, well, who do you want closing? Clearly, you don't want Clay Holmes closing. That's number one. Um, and, and Bader's giving him a spark. Listen, Bader's a good old player. He's not a savior to the offense. But you saw it last year when he was on the team. Had big hits. Made things happen. Put the ball in play. Aggressive on the bases. And he's got a little clutch to him. He was clutching the postseason last year. And he's had a couple of big hits already. Had a big home run last night. In a loss. Goes and has the win. Game, game winning hit. Saturday. Get Judge back on the field, and then maybe you start cooking. It's weird. The Yankees, you know what they're going to do. I, I mean, let's call it like it is. They are literally going to get you into the playoffs, suck you in, and just squash any hope you have that they're going to do anything the, the, the minute the postseason starts. So uh, I know how this script and this story is going to end from a Yankee standpoint. And I think most of us, unless you're trying to kid yourself and you're a little delusional, you know how it's going to end as well. And the Mets need some help on offense. That's my final thought before we get to some calls. The Mets, you look up and down that lineup, they need help offensively. Serious, serious help offensively. Because it's a lineup that is way too dependent, entirely too dependent on those top two guys. I mean, you see what Marte's doing this year? I mean, Marte is not hitting at all for the Mets. That's a guy they need to hit. Too top-heavy a team. Too top-heavy a team. But the story is the Knickerbockers. 105-86, and the game wasn't that close. I mean, let's call it what it is. The game was never that close. You knew three minutes into this game, the Knicks were getting absolutely smoked. And if your top players are going to play the way they played, there ain't much to discuss, folks. This is going to be over, done with, and we might be talking about a five or six game series. Rotten. Very rotten. Let's lead it off. Our buddy Charlie in Elmhurst. Always great hearing from Charlie. Uh, Charlie, I wish I was talking to you on better circumstances with our Knickerbockers, but what's good? Hey, JJ, can't hear me. Now I got you, Charlie. It might have been on my end. It might have been my incompetence, so I apologize. Um, no, no, no problem. So, uh, so before I get dissect the next, uh, great pot uh, segment with uh, you and Jack. Hall of Fame. Well, we needed it. Listen, we needed we we needed a little therapy. Let's be honest. We needed a little Yankee therapy. Uh, I'm not going to get nuts and say everything is fixed now that they've beaten the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, but we needed a little Yankee therapy with our guy, Jacko. And, and when the Yankees drive you to drink and, and make this sort of idiotic, asinine comments that you've heard over the past week, you know, we got to react to that, Charlie. That's what we do around here, of course. Yeah, everything you say is spot on. I agree with you. But here nor, here nor there, 
uh, about this game. Uh, they seem the Knicks, they, once they arrived in Miami, they seem to hit the beach. They kind of relax. And you know what? That translates into the, uh, the bad performance on the court. Like, the 50-50 ball you saw in this game, I mean, the heat were all over, all over. This thing, the Knicks were like two, three steps uh, behind. Like, a lot of them. Like, he, the rebounding, like, you know, the discrepancy. The Knicks should have been up by, you know, 10. Because, you know what? The Heat were wanted more. The effort there. It, this is a total effort game because even Jimmy Butler put up numbers. But this is the whole entire Heat team. The Knicks didn't show up. Basically, that's it. They didn't shoot well. Charlie, the game was over in the first five minutes. I mean, when you really think about it, the game was over in the first five minutes. Miami came out and they outscored them by 10 points. And the Knicks, through the rest of the game, are playing catch-up. And if your best players are going to play poorly in playoff games, you're not winning on the road. And you got a C-minus game out of Brunson. You got a D-minus game out of Randall. You're not winning that way because you don't have scoring options. Miami is a smart, well-coached team. They clearly are taking away the paint touches. They are daring the New York Knickerbockers to shoot the three. And, and Charlie, they go 8 of 40 today from beyond a three-point arc. 8 of, eight, eight of 40. You got no chance of winning a game on the road if you're going to go 8 of 40 in this modern-day NBA. No chance. Oh, oh, no chance. Like, that first half, or you may say first quarter, the Heat shot 60%. The Knicks shot, like, less than 30%. It was and the first half was so worse. That that set the tone. Like beyond, like inside a paint to outside a paint discrepancy on the Knicks side, it was so bad. It was so bad. They they shoot well from the paint, but like outside the paint, they're awful. They're awful. Like, and we saw the bad Julius Randle uh, in this game, and just you know they didn't like you know capitalize. They have Knicks had actually had a lot of open through look threes. They didn't make the shot. You got to make that shot and. You got to, like, you know, make the effort play. Now, essentially, game four, you know, it's a virtual must win. Can't see him winning a series if they lose this game, Charlie. You're not wrong about that. Can't see him winning a series if they lose this game. And listen, Miami is going to continue to move the ball. It's going to be a different guy outside of Butler in every single one of these games. I mean, we've seen it already in this series. It's Gabe Vincent. It's Caleb Martin. It's Max Struess. I wouldn't be surprised if you have a big Duncan Robinson performance at, at some point in this postseason because that's what Miami does. They are one of those teams where the ports outside of Butler in many ways are interchangeable, and it's about the system, and it's about the way they play the game of basketball. And let's be honest, Charlie, that's frustrating from a Knicks standpoint. It is very frustrating playing a team like the Miami Heat. Very frustrating. Oh, it's infuriating. We thought that coming into the series, series the Knicks, you know, bench gonna have have more say about the over the Miami Heat. And instead, it's complete opposite. And quickly, finally, they showed little light, but like he seemed to got hurt. Now it takes more onus on the starters or somebody from the Knicks bench to show up to do something because otherwise, this Knicks are going down, man. This Knicks are going down, man. I've got more pressure on Brunson, Randall, and Barrett, and. I don't know. We, we'll see how quickly it looks, but you got to find somebody. Find somebody like Grimes, you know. I don't know. Maybe you're going to see Deuce. They need, they need a spark. See, that's what it boils down to, Charlie. They're now at a point, down 2-1 to one in this series. Appreciate it as always, pal. They're in desperate need of a spark. The problem is, where is that spark coming from? I mean, I ask you that question. 
where is the spark coming from if it's not from one of their top guys? I mean, you think about the Cleveland series. And listen, Cleveland was just so poorly coached, so overmatched, so not ready for the moment of playing in a postseason game that it was just insanely eye-opening to see throughout the course of the series. Insanely eye-opening. Whereas this Miami team, they're ready for the moment. They're not phased by the moment. All these guys are playing a zillion playoff games. I mean, last year they were in Game 7 of the Conference Finals. And remember, they're doing this without Tyler Hero. No Tyler Hero for the Heat. But hey, Highsmith comes in, gives you a couple of points. Robinson will come in and give you a couple of points. Robinson will go like a month without playing, and then we'll have a game where he hits, you know, four or five threes. Because they got a bunch of professionals on their team. That's what you're combating here. These games in the NBA playoffs, you can't go nuts about one individual game. Momentum, to me, is only as good as that next game. But what we've seen in this series, you have to acknowledge the simple fact. Miami's looking way better. I mean, is anybody going to fight me on that? The Knicks barely won game two. And that was without Jimmy Butler. And the Knicks hit a ton of threes. The Knicks got big performances out of their big players. They all played well. Randall played well. Brunson was exceptional. Barrett had a great first half. And you barely won that game. Barely, barely, barely won that game. So how do you change that not, that vibe? How do you change that narrative? To me, Knicks got to lock down better on defense. But they're getting frustrated. It's, it's not as simple as, oh, well, more effort. Do a better job on the boards. See, that was a big edge for the Knicks in the last series against Cleveland. They killed Cleveland on the offensive glass. Killed them. Game five, they're getting second and third chances up the wazoo. They're not getting them in the series. And when you're not a great shooting team, like we talk about this a lot, there's a math problem. Because the way the NBA is set up now, you really need to hit your threes. And you don't have to hit 15, 16 threes to win every game. The Heat are a perfect example of that. Today, they won a game where they shot seven threes. But they got off to a hot start. The Knicks were all out of sorts. And they basically coasted the rest of the way. It's a big problem for the Knicks, though. Like, is a guy like, let's put it this way. Is a guy like Quickly or Grimes capable of giving the Knicks that spark? I don't know. I do not know. But I know this. If you get another 7 to 20 and 4 15 for Randall and Brunson, then there ain't much to discuss. Like, when I'm down there on Monday night, and if I tell you the stat line for Randall is going to be he's shooting 30% and Brunson is shooting on the 40%, Knicks are going to get smoked again. A lot of people, myself included, were very dismissive of the Heat. End the regular season. Going into the plan. I was like, this team doesn't have it. After all, this is the same Miami team. And let's not forget, lost to the Atlanta Hawks in a 7-8 playing game. And was down with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter against Chicago. One got hot and they, they are relentless. They're like cockroaches. 
I knew this was going to be a tough series for the Knicks. I knew it. Like, I did not look at this opponent and say, yeah, this, even with the Knicks being favored in the series and said, oh, they're going to they're cross right through. Anybody, anybody who's been watching Miami over the last couple of years could tell you it was going to be a very difficult series. And now the Knicks are up against it. They need a momentum shifter. Maybe that's a big Randall game. Maybe that's a big Brunson game. Maybe that's just a, a stirring game for Wint to kind of stem the tide of this series where maybe their defense is leading to better looks on offense and they can find a way to get into transition. But all you need to know today, step slow. Sluggish, lethargic, and pathetic. Totally, totally pathetic across the board. We'll see how they respond. Game four on Monday. So it doesn't get any worse than that from a Nick perspective. Out from the get-go. Out from Jump Street. A lot needs to change and needs to change in a hurry if the Knicks are going to find a way to win this series. Let's take a couple of calls and then we'll set the stage for what we got coming up tomorrow, Monday. A lot of New York, New York content coming your way. We'll be right back. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's take a couple of calls. Steph, let's hear them. Hey, Johnny. It's Marty from New York. Uh, this call is about the Yankees. I, I can't stand them right now. This has been a problem with the makeup of the team for years. We don't have contact hitters. I can't tell you how many times they leave guys on third base. The lineup doesn't make any sense. It's just a disaster. Cashman has not done a good job. In a long time, really since 2017, 2018. I just am completely frustrated. I think that this team needs a rebuild. Uh, obviously they're not going to do it because of judge, but they do and they need new faces out there. Uh, a frustrated Yankees fan. Bye. Listen, I think most fans you talk to are very down on the team, but I think you have to be aware and mindful of the fact that guess what? Yankees are not tearing it down. They are built improperly. They have too many weaknesses, whether you look in the outfield, whether you look at the 
construction of a team that's filled with injury-prone players and the lack of contact, the lack of balance, things that we've talked about with the Yankees for the last seven years to a blue in the face. All of that may be true. Um, they're going to tantalize you and find their way close to, and dare I say, in the postseason. Like, I am very, very confident that they find their way there. And that's kind of, in many ways, the worst-case scenario. They'll be good enough to get in the playoffs, but they won't be good enough to go and do anything in the playoffs. Kind of the same old song and dance that we've talked about with the Yankees for the last five years, six years. So, it's really, in many ways, an infuriating position to be in as a fan. Because you kind of know how it's going to end before you even get to the, like, third chapter of the season. That's the sad reality of the Yankees right now in 2023. And we're just going to have to live it day in, day out. I'm sure we'll get sucked in a few times. I'm sure we'll be fired up about a few things. It's going to be great to see Aaron Judge back. But we know where the inevitable is headed. You know what I mean? It's, it's coming a certain way. I'd be shocked if it's not. All right, let's take one more. Hey, JJ. It's Jonathan from uh, Kingston. I wanted to ask you about this. So Brian Windhorst uh, mentioned on first take uh, on Friday that uh, the Knicks are looking at 97% at the Miami Heat, but the other 3% at uh, Giannis and then Kupo. What would you be on your take on the Knickerbockers possibly trading for Giannis? If, you know, everything that's been going on in the Milwaukee Bucks organization, would you still think that because Giannis is such a great player that the Knicks should be willing to trade a lot of their assets to get him? You know, I would just really like to hear your feedback on it. All right, JJ, later and let's go. Listen, the Knicks have now put themselves in a position where whoever that next disgruntled star may be, they're in a conversation. As far as trading for Giannis, that's not happening this offseason. It would have to get really ugly for Milwaukee to go down that road. But is it something that I would monitor over the next year or two? Yeah. Of course I love that guy on my team. He's so charming, charismatic, skilled. Freak. Enough said. Now, I'll tell you this, Giannis, come to New York and you're a one seed and you lose in the first round of five games, you're not going to be able to tell the New York media and somebody like me that the season was a success. That's the only thing, Giannis. Got to be careful of that. It will not be viewed as a success. Just saying. Just saying. I'll gladly sign for that problem from a Nick perspective. As far as what they'd have to give up, I mean, listen, the moon and the stars. I mean, you're talking about a zillion picks. You're going to have to match up the money. I mean, the only guy you would want to trade at this point is Jalen Brunson. Basically, everybody else, you would try to, you know, finagle somehow, some way to, to make that magic. Is that going to entice a team like Milwaukee? I don't have the slightest idea. But from a Nick perspective, yeah. Day to dream. Day to dream. So here's what we got coming up rest of the week. Because... We're beaten here. I'm not going to lie. Absolutely beaten. Penn State weekend. Knicks kind of zapped the life out of me. I had to sit through an hour and a half graduation. We'll have a pod tomorrow night. Now, I don't know when we're going to release it. It might be after I get down to Miami. It might be before I get to Miami. We're gonna. It's going to be after the baseball games, obviously. Yankees, 130. Mets, Colorado, 130. Probably in the later evening is what I'm thinking. Probably around 930, 10 o'clock, give or take. And we'll set the stage for game four and what can change and what can be different for the New York Knickerbockers. 
And then Monday, we'll be rocking right after the game. You know, like 15, 20 minutes, give or take. So thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy your Saturday. Uh, quick one tonight. Quick one today. Kids beating. What can I say? JJ out. Be good, everybody. <laughs>